0: Well, Ben and Jesse, welcome back to the Frontier Podcast. You've both been here before. Thank you for continuing to humor me.
1: anytime.
0: OK, well, first and foremost, apologies in advance if there's any background noise. As you know, my life is chaos. So if there's actually I just heard a hawk um, screeching and we just put the chicks out like they're officially kicked out of the baby coop and they're like out in the world. So um, could be a really fun recording. I don't know, guys. Okay, yeah. Jesse and Ben, let's let's start with Jesse. Jesse, hello. Can you introduce yourself? What do you do here? What's your job?
1: Of course, I'm Jesse. I'm the head of strategic accounts here. Um, pretty much working on client—it's anything client-facing. Actually, that was my answer. I guess it's changed a bit. Um, so right now, my goal is to identify you know good accounts for the developers on our platform, go after them, um, get them to work with us, and then maintain those relationships.
2: Sweet, Ben. Uh, I'm Ben. I run rev- the revenue teams here at Gun. So uh, short term, what that means is I am setting up um, different capabilities to get new clients, as well as uh, our account management program, client services program, to maintain our relationship with existing clients. And then in between that, helping Jessie any way I can, which is usually pretty nominal, um, yeah. with like her day to day and like getting her freed up to do the work that she needs to do, like working with clients and making sure that we have everything we need for them.
0: All right. Well, we're here to talk about Sales. And I think specifically the thing that's going to be interesting is the evolution of how we've thought about sales over the last four to ten years. And I feel like the the talking point is like we have five exercise of our sales team, but that's because our sales team used to be one person. So now we have five people. But there's like lessons learned, I'm sure, within that umbrella. So Ben, my first question's for you. Probably be helpful to just like lay the foundation around like, what does our sales team do? How does it function? Like set that up for us and then we can get into it.
2: Um, Well, the answer to that question is like the subject. (laughs) What our sales team does is changing. So Gunn started out and was for majority of his existing bootstrap existence, a bootstrap company. And what that means is that All Growth was funded by profit. There's not a lot of outside investment. Because of that, growth is like kind of very deliberate and steady. And as a result of that, I think, and I'm curious to see what Jesse has to say. So, Jesse was sort of really the the sole salesperson for a long time. And she got more and more work, right? Because Faith, you and the marketing team started sending more leads, more inbound leads, and Jesse worked them and closed those deals. Where we are now, though, is we've kind of come to this realization that just relying on inbound leads alone is just not going to be a great way to grow the business and scale the business. So now what the sales team does is a bit different. So we've hired some of these new people to go out and generate pipeline alongside marketing's efforts. And, And that's really what we're in the process of setting up today and establishing today.
0: And as like a function in the business, too, I think that's like a, a critical difference as well um, between our sales departments and probably what other companies think of as sales, but also between what's true for us today and what was true four years ago. Like mm-hmm. our sales department was essentially doing two, maybe even three departments worth of work. Right. So like everything from matching to presenting to consulting, consulting with clients and figuring out what they needed was Mm -hmm. Jesse's thing. And now we have like a full DevRel team full of senior developers who are doing the majority of what I just listed. We have an account management team that's maintaining those relationships and making sure that clients and developers are kind of like getting the most out of working with each other long term. Yeah. But today, specifically today, our sales team, I'm going to say this and you guys tell me how I'm wrong. Our sales team is primarily responsible for making sure that the clients that we're taking on are good fits. So we do a lot of vetting on the front end. And then also making sure that the hiring process progresses at a pace that respects both parties' time right? So we're not allowing companies to kind of sit on job posts for months and months and months and not get back to developers. Would you say that's true? Or am I missing like a whole kind of like block of work in there?
1: No, I think all of that's right. And then the one thing that I'd add is um, it's a lot, it's kind of on us to make sure that we're understanding their needs you know, obviously, like tech skills and everything, you know, what type of developer they need, but then also like, you know, how they want this person to work with them, how they want them to communicate, you know, prior experiences, personality, anything in there. Um, so that's a big part of like, you know, once we vetted the company and the position, it's really about them identifying and understanding exactly the type of person that they're looking for and relaying that to our DevRel team. In hopes that we have that person.
2: I agree with that, and I'd also add that there's, and and we're still very early days in this as well. But you know, you mentioned the account management piece, sort of like making sure we're a valuable partner, not just for this engagement, for for all the engagements to come, right? So understanding and anticipating their needs in terms of talent, in terms of technology, um, all those different aspects that like ultimately help our clients grow and scale their businesses. So like that's that's the next piece. And and prior before we had any dedicated people on that function, it was candidly whatever Jesse could fit into her day,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which weirdly she has the same day as all the rest of us. So she's not having the hours. Okay, Jesse. Obviously, we've been alluding to this so far for the whole episode, but what are some key ways that? Your experience as a salesperson here at Gun has changed over the last almost four years that you've been here.
1: I think the quality of clients that we get in and how we like work each one has changed a ton. Um, you know, when we like were first doing this, or even up to like a year, year and a half ago, like we didn't even necessarily have a call with a client before we started matching them with candidates. Um they would send us a job post, send us their specs, uh, and then we worked on you know presenting some people to them. Uh, so I think it's become a lot more hands on in terms of like the sales process and understanding their needs and how we can best work with them, which I think has led to like better placements, better long- term relationships. I mean, that's a big thing, I think. And then also, you know, we didn't do as much like company client vetting mm-hmm. you know a couple of years ago. So I think that's shifted a lot and then really like focusing in on who we want on our platform, who we want our developers to work with. Um, So that's definitely changed a decent amount, um, especially in the past year, honestly.
0: I would agree with that. I would say it got, it became very clear to us maybe like two years ago that our client, our primary client is really developers. Yeah. Right. Like we know that that software talent is very hard to come by these days. And just like what you said, Jesse, like we used to take every lead and immediately start working it. We would get jobs shared with the community. We would pull applicants. And that back in those days, we didn't have a web app and we used to hand make every single profile so that they were all like consistent and branded. So you're like design these profiles and send these PDFs to clients who maybe would we would never hear from again, right? Um so I think that that was a huge change and just like and it's scary too to like get the net a little bit smaller. Um because before we were like, well, you know, if we just if we treat every client like this, chances are somebody's going to bite. But I think when we made that switch and we realized like, no, this is actually a lot better, not just for developers, um, but also for like the clients that we're ultimately able to serve. I think that was that was very clearly the right move. Yeah, 100%. yeah. I mean, this could be a good question for either of you. So we'll see who jumps on it first. But I'm curious about what is something that as a sales team or like a sales organization we have gotten so good at? That we could write a book about if we like pooled
2: everybody on the
1: team's knowledge.
2: Jesse, please take that one.
1: <laughs> I think, and I mean it's kind of along the lines of like what you were just saying and what we've been saying, is I think we've gotten very good at acting as an advocate for our talent. Like not letting them, you know, undercut in terms of budget, mm-hmm. anything there, I think that we've we've gotten we've gotten significantly better at, and I think everyone does a good job of that. I think the coordinators do a good job of it. I think, you know, the AEs are doing a great job of that too. It's showing, you know, it's providing, showing the clients like the value that we provide um, and should, giving that to our developers as well mm-hmm. is something we're pretty good at. I don't know, Ben, what else are we really good at?
2: <laughs> Thanks, Jessie. Uh So we have four new people on the team who are ramping up um, like very new, like less than six weeks. So I, I don't know if they're great at this yet, but one thing that we've definitely hired for, and one thing I think that the, the team, you know, Jesse certainly done a lot of improvement in this way. And I've tried to screen for it in these hires is I I don't, I want us to be really, really good at being more consultative other than, rather than salesy. So I don't want us to get meetings with prospects based on tricks and cuteness. I want to get meetings with prospects based on authority. I don't want us to take a deferential approach when we talk to a a client, whether they're new or existing or a prospect. I want us to like take the lead and be able to really like, like again, like to Jesse's earlier point, like advocate for our talent and be able to do so intelligently. I think Jesse's gotten phenomenal at that just over the years. Um, I think that our our team now is oriented that way. We've you know hired two account managers who who are very like proactive and like they're more interested in having a real conversation than like running through you know the general sort of like checklist. And I want our SDRs who just started with us to also be that way. You know, one thing mm-hmm. that we kept them on is like, hey, you're providing real value. And like, don't cheapen that don't, and don't be too differential. And, and, you know, we did a role play the other day and one member of the team told one of the SDRs who had gone in the role play, like you're using way too many modifiers and you're hedging too much. Mm. Like you should have the confidence to like say these things without adjectives and adverbs. Again, I think the, the ramped members of the team are good at that. Um, But it's, it's part of those things. It's one of those things that I really want to develop early and like, have, have it be our, our secret sauce.
0: Mm -hmm. One of the challenges of um, just kind of like what we do is that our sales team isn't selling software, right? Like we're selling a new, better way to hire technical talent Mm -hmm. and to really understand what that means and why it's so valuable. You have to be like pretty steeped in you, in that process, right? Like you have to have seen lots of engagements and Jesse, I think like if, if I were to answer this question for you, um, or if, if someone asked me like, what would you want Jesse to teach you? It would be like, how do I know two things? One is if I'm building my, uh, my Bok Talk app, my TikTok for just chicken videos, and I need to hire a developer, <laughs> how do I know if I should hire somebody who's just like a grinder who I know can churn out the code and is m- might have like a lower hourly rate? Or if I should hire somebody who's like super senior, way more expensive, I could probably only afford them quarter time, but I know that the foundations of my app are gonna be awesome. And there's like, there's a ton of arguments for either of those options, but I would go to Jesse to tell me to get her opinion and probably trust that because she's seen hundreds of these engagements and she can really advise me on what works and what doesn't. And the other thing is like, let's say I hired a developer. I'm not a developer, right? Like I've never managed developers before. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if my dev is performing. I would also go to Jesse and be like, hey, are my expectations way too high for this? Am I not managing it appropriately or is this developer just like not doing what they should be doing? And I feel like those are things that you did not, like you didn't come to Gun as like an expert in those two things, Jesse. but I feel like now you could write a book about them.
1: Thanks, Faith. Yeah, I do think that we, we do a good job of that. Um, so yeah, but it's just because you've seen all these scenarios over and over, you know, I feel like that's the only way that you'll ever really understand that. So.
0: Yeah, that gets into actually the next question. I'm wondering if either of you will call that out. But what what do you guys think is the next big challenge that's on the horizon for the sales
2: team? Outbound. I can't agree more. Jesse does listen to me. I Yeah, I think it's it's figuring out a way to start the conversations in a meaningful way. But like, and which mm-hmm. is another fancier way of saying outbound we've tried it before um to varying degrees of success and it like we just have to get really really good at, at being interesting and getting attention and differentiating very very quickly and i think that's that's a challenge for any business particularly one like ours right where we're like so often we're just seen as like a recruitment shop right right yeah but if you talk to any of our clients the reason they love us is because we are not a recruitment shop,
0: right? Again, like the thing we're selling isn't like a nice, clean product or like piece of software. Like the thing we're selling is a radically different way to think about technical hiring,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that's really hard to convey in a subject line. Like Ben, obviously, like you come to us having done outbound a lot mm-hmm. previously, but we as a business have been inbound, like a hundred percent inbound. For as long as either Jesse or and I have been here,
2: yeah, it's <laughs> it's a it's a really um, fun one, right? Faith, it's like one that you and I are collaborating a lot on, and you're collaborating with the team on. It's really, really hard. It's really, really hard, and it's really, really hard to do it and combine it with some degree of client education. So, like, it's again, we get lumped into like we're oh, you're you guys are recruiters mm-hmm. all the time, and Again, like we solve a similar problem that they do, but we do it in a very different way. And like taking the time to, you know, educate and differentiate on that is 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 not an easy task.
0: Do you have like a secret weapon, Ben, for somebody else who's spinning up an app on program? Like what is your, what's like the one ingredient that you think must? I'm not
2: proud of this one, Faith.
0: <laughs> Tell me.
2: But I, it's the one, and we've played around with it on our team. I think anytime you're sitting, you're setting up outbound, you you benefit a lot from defining what you are not early, mm-hmm. and so which is another way of saying tribalism, mm. right? Like so, we are not those people, we these people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Obvious example of this would be, um, let's say you're like productivity software. And, you know, you have all these features that are unique to you and your branding's great. And you have like really, you have really talented product people and engineering people and your marketing team's tight, but like, you're still kind of put in that productivity bucket. Like the way, the way I would sell that is, Hey, you know how JIRA sucks? (laughs) You just like call up an engineer and be like, Hey, you know how JIRA sucks? And like, inevitably, like JIRA, don't get me wrong, Atlassian's a great company, JIRA's great software. But like people are all like, yeah, they kind of suck. Like, I do know that. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, we're not that. And here's why. Right? like I think when whenever I've had a lot of success with Outbound, it's been because I was able to really quickly frame like what I was not.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: My first job was selling mobile software and or my first like big sales job. Now I talk to these clients and I'd be like, man, you know how these like dev shops don't really get in mobile. And they'd be like, oh my God, yes. They, they never have enough iOS developers, never have enough Android developers. They're like, yeah, I know. Well, like we only do mobile. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, really? I'm like, yeah, and here is why. And so I was like really able to kind of differentiate us from people that were winning that work who were, you know, they couldn't say that.
0: Yeah. I'm like curious to do an experiment and go back in my inbox and see all the outbound emails that have actually gotten me. And see if that was a strategy that they use, because I feel like that's something that I can grok really easily is like, if somebody calls out something that like strikes a chord with me as like, it sucks. I'm like, oh, yes, I will open this email. Absolutely.
2: You, You get a lot of credit for being the person that has the, you know, the moxie to say, hey, this isn't good. And here's why. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, you don't have to do it this way. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that everyone's, some people love the status quo, you know?
0: I'm curious if you guys think it's going to be a challenge for us as we scale. Like, obviously we've scaled a lot, or at least in terms of headcount on our sales team over the last year. And we are just talking about how like Jesse, in my eyes, is an expert on understanding what kind of talent I would need to achieve a certain outcome, not just, you know, tech stack, but like actual kind of experience and engagement type and all that and then also um you know how to like gauge the success of an engagement and understand kind of those nuances how are we thinking about scaling that institutional knowledge that took jesse four years to become an expert on and empowering more people with it within you know their ramp period however long that
1: might be um i think at least what we've been doing is just what's so funny
2: (laughs) it's not an easy question no
0: no it's not an easy thing that's what i'm wondering like is it do we think are we calling it a challenge or do we think we've got a
1: pretty good plan for it i mean we're shot like we've just been doing as much shadowing as possible because i feel like there's so many different situations um, that come up that it's really like impossible to just like put together a doc and be like hey you know learn, learn this, you know, this, and like, you'll figure it all out. Mm -hmm. It's very much so like just being involved in it and seeing how things play out and seeing how we handle them. So we're doing a lot of shadowing and I'm so sorry. Strela's
2: going crazy. Strela's
1: also shadowing the sales
2: team. (laughs) So I I think this is, it's a really interesting question, Faith. The, The good news that I've noticed that I've seen is the shadowing and the role plays work. Right. And so like, we've gotten better at like getting their reps in. Cause like, as Jesse said, there's tons of different permutations. Mm-hmm. I think the other aspect of it though, is that, you know, there's not an insignificant number of our prospects who like they, they haven't quite thought it through to the extent that we know that they should based on our experience. And I mean to bag on them, I get it. Like I'm the same way. So I think, I think that for our team is like asking the questions that to, to really pull that out of them because if we can do that like they're, they're, they won't do that with other vendors they won't do that with other people and so understanding like more of their motivations not being afraid to ask kind of harder questions about the business and the business impact of these people they want to bring on you know i think that gives us a leg up and it's something that even someone who's non-technical can understand pretty quickly Which is, again, kind of goes back to this we were talking about earlier about like the team feeling like empowered to be consultative and like ask Mm -hmm. questions and ask the whys and ask, well, hey, what does this mean? Or, you know, like none of that really requires you to be really proficient in like the latest back-end technologies.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: You know what the the client needs. The, 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 The DevRel team and David G, they can take care of that. So,
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like often kind of the the biggest hurdle is understanding that to be able to talk about the work that needs to be done, you don't actually have to be able to do the work yourself.
2: Yeah. Right. You have to, and that's- you have to, re- you have to really understand the motivations for the work and the goals yeah. for the project. And look, we understand the, the technical end too. Like that's again what Devrel does, but you're right. Like so often people don't ask those questions. Like a great one is, you know, hey, like, what's like this one? Like, what's this one as KPI? Right. Like, what's
0: the what? How do we know that they're successful?
2: And like, we don't think of that all the time,
0: right? It's so true. I I feel like we're just not often in the headspace as busy people who are trying to do a job of imagining what it takes to do another job well if it's not the job that we actually are tasked with doing if that makes sense like i think that's that's what makes the work that our sales team does so kind of like nuanced and difficult is because it's not about yeah they're like they have to be like super kind of meta uh, (laughs) and think think about things that like most of us don't in our
2: careers yeah they they have to i mean we have to in a way everyone on our sales team is sort of like a hiring manager hmm. Right. And and they're they're interrogating is probably not the best word to use, but they're integra- interrogating these prospects like, as a fellow hiring manager.
0: hmm.
2: Right. And yeah. one, like the, the that's unique. Like I don't have many friends who I sit down with and they tell me about their jobs and they're like they're surgeons. And I'm like, well, like, have you really thought about why you're suturing this person? Right. Like you don't do that. Like you don't like typically like really force introspection on other people in like your day to day. But we have calls all the time.
0: Yeah. And I'm just not that natural naturally curious. So um that's why Ben would never hire me to be on his sales team. I'm just a podcast girl. So
2: <laughs> But you don't have a podcast. I mean, that's curious. Don't tell yourself yeah. you do doing yeah. right?
0: It's curious enough. I'm no Diane Sawyer, but um there.
2: I love that Diane Sawyer is your pinnacle of curiosity. Yeah, so, Diane Sawyer,
0: of course.
2: Curious. I mean, who else? I, I, we'll, we'll
0: talk about this later. I need I need to know, like, who wins the curiosity Awards. You know, who probably does it is Stanley Tucci. Actually,
2: he's a very curious guy. I'll give a Tucci.
0: Mm-hmm. For Halloween, uh, Dan was Stanley Tucci, and I was a bowl of spaghetti. Nice. <laughs>
2: <gasps> she is a very attractive man i don't mind saying
0: oh there's just some i don't know what it is i think because like attracts like and i know that we would have an excellent time dining together i think that's why
2: i mean on paper not a lot right mm-hmm. not a lot on paper but really but in, my
0: heart, in my heart i know it's true <laughs>
2: That was a fun tangent. Let's leave it in.
0: That was great. Yeah, leave it in, Bill. All right, you guys. Um, Well, this has been very insightful. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know we're kind of nearing the end here, but I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to talk to you guys maybe in six months and see how the challenges that you guys called out um, are evolving, changing, if there's still challenges or if we think we could write a book about them. Mm -hmm. So, I'm
1: excited for that too
0: yeah this is like our little our live diary (laughs) thanks for listening to the frontier podcast powered by gun.io we drop two episodes per week so if you like this episode be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice and come hang out with us again next week and bring all your internet friends if you have questions or recommendations just shoot us a twitter dm at the frontier pod and we'll see you next week